interested in wine but don't have heaps of cash or a rich uncle with a bunker full of the most flavorful vintages who can hook you up, you've come to the right podcast. On Vina Vultures, we'll explore wine culture, discuss frugal ways to experience the best wines your tight budget can handle, and concoct plans to raid Area 51's collection of rare alien brews. Today's episode is titled Olfactory Wine Analysis, and it's intended for anyone who has an interest in learning more about wine. Here we are, Olfactory Wine Analysis. When it comes to the process of tasting wine, the nose knows. Your sense of smell, or more properly described as your olfactory system, is quite possibly the most important of all your senses in wine analysis because it has the deepest and widest range. Don't believe me? Consider this. The taste buds in your mouth are limited to only five different sensations. These are savory, bitter, sweet, salty, and sour. Meanwhile, your nose can differentiate between up to 10,000 different odors or aromas. As it turns out, most of what you and I think we are tasting is actually what we're smelling. That's why when you get a cold or a nasal illness, it typically comes with the loss of what we believe and have labeled as taste, when in reality it's because we just lost our sense of smell. But how does it all work? Let's do a quick and easy breakdown. When a smell or odor is first encountered, it travels up and into the nasal cavity, aka your nose, where it comes into contact with an amazing little piece of your body called the olfactory epithelium. Try saying that five times fast. <laughs> when it does, little cilia, or hair, covers its surface, take in that information, and transport it to the olfactory bulb that resides in your brain. Your brain then interprets it as an aroma. Pretty cool. The key is to make sure that we can douse those little cilia hairs in as much of the smell as we can to make sure that our brain can get a clear picture of what it is that we're smelling. To do this with wine, we need to coax it a little bit and position it in the place where it can get the greatest impact. Easiest way to do this, swirl your glass just like you've done in the past to analyze the visual cues that we talked about before. This swirling motion will create microspikes of surface evaporation, also known as aromas, from the wine. Quickly bring that glass up to your nose and tilt it so that the liquid is closer to the edge where it can sit right underneath it. Make sure your mouth is closed and take short bursts of inhales so that you're not immediately overloading your sense of smell. That'll help get an accurate read on what you've got. For example, it would sound something like this. As opposed to a long draw of... You just don't want to overload it. Later, when we actually get to tasting wine, you'll also be able to smell the wine once you've swallowed. This is done by keeping your mouth shut and inhaling right after. 
and will allow the aroma trapped inside your mouth to pass through your retronasal passage and into your nose. Pretty cool. I want you to take a quick note about how easily you can smell the wine. When's the first time you picked up any scent at all? How far away from the glass was your nose? Intensity is judged by the strength of the complete bouquet of aromas, not by any single one itself. If you can smell it from a decent distance away from the glass, you can say that this wine has a strong intensity. If you have to basically put that wine a millimeter from your nasal cavity in order to smell anything, then it would be described as soft. Refrain from trying to pick out any single smell at this stage, only judge the total intensity. As a general rule of thumb, you should expect reds to be much more intense than whites and higher quality wines to be more pungent than the lesser ones. Now, the moment I'm sure you've all been waiting for, let's talk about the identification of individual aromas inside the bouquet. As with our previous lesson, lesson, we'll be approaching this from a systematic manner so that we don't overtax your nose before it can be useful. Here, we want to start at a macro level and move into the micro. We also want to seek out scents rather than go into it with the shotgun approach. Imagine, if you will, that a friend has given you some soda, but it's in a red Solo cup and they haven't told you. You don't know if it's your favorite red can or if it's your sometimes favorite silver can. After all, it's in a different container than usual and your friend hasn't told you yet what's in it, other than the fact that it's soda. You could ask them what's in it, but what would be the fun in that? You hover your nose over the top of the cup and take a quick whiff. In your head, you're asking yourself, is this Coke? doesn't smell like regular Coke because that unmistakable sweet sugary blast of bubbles isn't coating the inside of my you know, nose. Is it Diet Coke? Nah, I don't smell that slightly metallic scent that I would expect. Maybe it's Dr. Pepper. Ooh, there's the sweetness. Bingo, that's the one. In this example, I'm illustrating that the way we approach that situation is much the same as we should with wine. When you're aiming to determine the contents of your glass, it's best to first ask yourself whether it smells like one specific thing you're looking for, such as, do I smell strawberries? Do I smell cherries? Do I smell oak? If it doesn't smell like that thing, move on to your next guess on your list. Ask yourself, do I smell that certain scent? Not, of all these scents that I know, what do I smell? Make sense? All right. I will admit, however, that with wine, it gets a little more complex than our soda comparison. There are a couple key categories that we should be trying to entertain during a tasting. And these are fruit, floral, earth, mineral, wood, spice, bio, and chemical. Whew! <laughs> what a mouthful. Pun intended. When seeking out notes of different fruit or floral, I find that it's best to start with my favorites. Strawberries, peaches, plums, oranges. 
After that, I'll move to the others down a chain of most favorite to least favorite. You can do something similar, or you can make up a fun acronym for them in your head to make sure that none get missed. The important part is to choose a consistent list that makes up the potential contents of the red or white that you're tasting that you use each and every time. You should also know where those particular scents are coming from. For fruit and floral scents, the cause is generally the grapes that are being used. For mineral and earth aromas, you're looking for scents of different herbs, minerals, and dirt. These are more than likely the result of different terroir or soil content at the site of the vines. Think about what the ground is like at potential vineyards and locations across the globe. For wood and spice tones that are created, uh, they're not created by the grape or soil, but rather the type of aging and storage that took place. This is where you'll be trying to determine whether you can pick up scents of oak, spices, and smoke. Finally, there are the biological and chemical aromas. These are the result of the winemaking process, and it can be compared to smells you might pick up in your own kitchen when you're baking a batch of cookies or other recipes. I don't mean they smell like cookies. I'm referring specifically to smells such as butter, yeast, vinegar, and others that don't quite fit into the other categories. Sometimes these are results of mishaps in the winemaking process, and in others, they're intentional points that are added to give wine more depth. Ever heard of someone describing a wine as smelling like cat urine? It happens. That being said, I want to talk about complexity. What's the first scent that your nose picks up on? Is there one all-powerful note? Is it difficult to get a read on it because there are multiple? Does the smell change each time you attempt to get a read on it? A wine with a complex smell is one that you could say has multiple layers, like an onion. Ogres have onion. It's the one that you have to keep coming back to over and over to try to understand. This isn't to say that you can't have a wine that you enjoy or rate highly that comes off as one note. It's just to say that you wouldn't normally call the nose of wine complex if you can identify it with one quick sniff based on one all-consuming scent. Lastly, let's discuss alcohol content. I've saved it for last because it's quite possibly the easiest item to recognize with very little time spent smelling your wine. That's because the scent of alcohol is very powerful, and I would argue that most of us can remember that first time we smelled an open bottle of vodka and the toe-curling reaction our bodies had in response. Just look for that same nose-tingling, neck-hair-raising, warming sensation that I'm sure you can pick out. The reason we're concerned with it in our wine analysis is that the amount of alcohol in a wine gives us hints to the area that it came from. This is due to the way that alcohol is formed. Remember, sugar is what yeast transforms into alcohol. More sugar translates to more alcohol. And what do we remember about sugar? Wines from riper grapes have higher sugar content, and riper grapes from warmer environments are typically the culprit. Simply put, warmer environments make for higher alcohol content. And that's it. Now on to the homework. 
This time around, I want you to pick up your favorite bottle of wine. That's right, the one you might already have lying around. Try to use your new knowledge from this lesson to determine the type of aging that your wine might have been subjected to. Once you've locked in your guests, jump on your favorite search engine, go to that winemaker's website, and check their aging process to see whether or not you are correct. And after you're done, I'd appreciate it if you would give the podcast a like, review, or even consider subscribing. That way you'll be notified when the next episode is available. Speaking of which, in the next episode, we'll finally be tasting our wine and explaining the process of identifying wine via your taste buds. It's going to be a good one. I'll see you then. Thanks for listening.